Hello and welcome to the Baseball Wisconsin Podcast. I am your host, Tim Gotzler. Now, today's episode takes us into the seventh inning of Game 4, our last episode. Uh, we, this is releasing on uh, March 8th, just a few days before Pitchers and Catchers Report Wisconsin. Uh, high school baseball, college baseball is well underway. MLB is still in a lockout, but um, you know we're getting ready for our high school seasons here to get started. And we kept this last episode intentionally because we're sitting down with two first-year head coaches, but not just in any programs. We're sitting down with Micah Thingvold. Micah is the new head baseball coach at Wanakee, and Brad Reinfleisch. And Brad is a new head baseball coach at West Bend West. So two of the most successful Division I programs um, in the state and taking over for you know incredible coaches with a long storied history of winning. Both guys have had a, a history in the program, both um, in, in some cases as a player and, and as a coach. And you know we talk about stepping into that role in, in, in their respective communities and the lessons that they've learned, the mentorship, and all the things that go into it. Um, you know, and I, I loved um, this episode because the coach has been doing this for a while. I don't care if it's your, your second year or your, your 22nd year. Coaches go through a lot of the same stuff. And some of the stuff that you help, you know, other coaches with, they just got to go through it the first time. And um, stuff's going to pop up. That's why that brotherhood, that fraternity uh, of other coaches is so valuable. Something we've heard so much on this show. So, again... You're going to love today's episode, and without further ado, head baseball coach at Wanakee High School, Micah Thingvold, and Brad Reinfleisch at West Bend West. Coaches, thanks for coming on today. Well, we'll get right into it. So, Micah, why don't you get us started? Um, kind of give us your background. Where'd you grow up? Uh, where'd you go to school? And give us some of your baseball baseball career. Sounds good. Yeah. Um, I grew up in uh, Muscaday, Wisconsin, small little town about an hour west of Madison. That's a Riverdale School District. If you've heard of that, a uh, Hall of Famer coach, I was, I grew up under uh, Coach Thompson there. He, um, I was lucky enough to be really good friends with his son. So I like, I had him from my very youngest, like third grade playing ball all the way through high school. So I was pretty lucky to have a Hall of Fame coach teaching me the whole way up. Um, played under Coach Thompson for many years. Went into, didn't play college ball, but I started playing home talent during high school and through the college years. And now a lot of my playing is actually fast pitch softball. So just trying to condense the game, we get a few more games in, that's what my buddies play. So that's kind of the route that took over. Um, my coaching journey, as soon as I was done with college, Coach Thompson was nice enough to let me uh, take his JV team for that semester. And then after that, I was up in New Auburn for a couple of years helping out. And then I've been in Wanakee for the last nine years. I was a JV coach under Spencer for five years. as his assistant for four years. And once he stepped down, he, he urged me to take the reins. So here we are. Well, congrats on that. And I'm going to kind of stay with you for a second, Micah. Like, mm -hmm. what are the biggest lessons you've learned from those coaches? Again, you, you, again you've, you've played for Hall of Fame coach. You've worked under, you know, one of the most successful coaches in recent history. Um, so what are the, some of the lessons learned along the way? I think the biggest one, I think biggest two, one is just how you treat people. Always caring about everybody. I think having such great role models in that area is huge. We always, one thing we, Spencer and I always talked about is just how, how are guys doing? Always worried about them, putting them first all the time. And I know just growing up with Coach, Coach Thompson that it was much the same. That 
with him. Um, and then also always learn. Baseball, you can always learn something. There's always something changing. Technology is changing. How we can interact with players is changing. So just always trying to take in information, as much information as you can. So treat people great and always learn from everybody. Appreciate that. Um, Brad, what about you? Um, where are you from? What's your background um, as a player? And then, you know, your coaching journey. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I grew up uh, in the West Bend, kind of Jackson area. Um, grew up playing some Jackson Little League. And then I came out to West Bend where I was playing with uh, kind of a club team, tournament team with uh, guys that I played football, baseball, basketball with, basketball with. So we had kind of like a pretty solid core. And our head coach um, actually played with Coach Albrecht, who then obviously I rolled into that, that program when I came into West Bend West. Um, so kind of knew how the game was expected to be played and going into high school. Um, so played under Coach Albrecht and, I mean, loved every second of it. Obviously, the culture was great in that program. Um, we were very competitive. Uh, so then right after high school, I uh, I think we were taking gear up to um, the locker after uh, we lost to Grafton in sectionals. Um, then Coach Rob, I guess, if I wanted to stick around the next year and help out uh, and help out with varsity. So I was then coach varsity right after high school. Um, thankfully, we we're still some of us was able to do that. And then um, after that, uh, the JV job opened up. So I took the JV job as a JV coach for three years. And then um, while doing that, I was playing at Stout where I went to go study for uh, health, wellness, and fitness. Um, and then with the transition to spring, spring ball, I was still playing my last year of college ball. So I kind of had to hang it up for uh, three years, which now I found my way back into uh, the program, which I'm extremely excited for. Well, let me dig in a little bit on, um, you mentioned, you know, the culture that was created, um, you know, and you felt it as a player. And that's something we always talk about as coaches is the culture, the culture. But when you talk about players feeling it, like if you could put your player hat back on when you were in high school playing for coach Albrecht, like if you had to describe that style and that culture, how would you describe it? I mean, it's as simple as one word, intense. It's definitely intense. Um, we would get after it every day. Like, I mean, he absolutely taught us how to be competitive be like um have our like accountability and discipline and then also just being able to play with grit and just kind of like get the job done whatever it is well you know uh, you know playing for a hall of fame coach um did a tremendous amount of winning in high school and then you go play at the next level um like what what other lessons have you learned you know throughout your playing and now your coaching career that that you take into this job um Obviously, with uh, Coach Albert, he's more of an intense coach. Um, had a complete 180 going into college, where my college coaches were kind of more, I guess, like the term players' coaches. They're kind of more like even keel with us. And for the most part, honestly, I was so not ready for that and used to that. Like, so I'm, I'm used to getting like yelled at if we, if we need to clean things up or um, getting on us, basically. Like, it's just with the stern tone. But, um, I think the biggest thing is being able to find a balance between the two. Uh, I think kind of have to, as a coach, take that authoritative role where something you can get after guys a bit. You got to like have the respect so that they 
take what you're saying and actually like do it, but then also have that other side where, I mean, you can just kind of vibe with the guys and get a good feel for where they're at. So I think I like me being a little bit younger too. I think that's kind of where I can mesh both sides of that kind of a, that old school and new school, I guess you could say. Mike, I'm going to transition to you and uh, got me thinking about, um, I do want to hear more about your playing career, but I do, but before that, like, how would you describe your style? You know, what is your, obviously you've been in the classroom for a long time. Like what is your coaching style? Um, I, I would say I'm a player's coach. I, what that means is different to everybody I know, but um, especially this first year and the group of guys I have, I'm really just trying to take in as much of what they know and apply it to what I'm doing. I have a, a lot of last year we had 22 guys and 17 of those guys are returning for a varsity team. And a lot of those guys are playing some pretty high end travel ball. So a lot of the training that they're doing, I'm trying to find ways to incorporate that constantly. So just learning from them to kind of show that, to build that trust with them. So, um, and I think if you're to go back to all the other coaches or other guys I've coached JV guys uh, as varsity assistant, I think they, would tell you that I'm pretty willing to listen to them and make accommodations and make it work for them with the same time of, Hey, no, this is still our expectation. We got to hold our line. Like we can't, we're not going to slough off at any point here, but still taking in what they, they have to say. Well, Mike, I'm going to come back to you. Like that's a conversation that a lot of coaches we have is about, you know, the explosion of travel ball and the explosion of club ball and the three programs that we're in Menominee falls, West Bend West, Wanakee, we're talking about a large majority of the kids that are on the field for us play some sort of travel and club baseball, obviously at different levels, but navigating those waters is not very, is not always uh, the easiest task. So in Wanakee, how, how are you handling that? And again, stepping into that role as a first year head coach and watching Spencer do it for all those years, um, kind of what's your approach going to be with, with the travel ball uh, relationship? We're pretty lucky where we're at. GRB is the main one. There's a couple other silver sluggers, team heat, a couple others to name a few. Um, but that Spencer early on, he figured out it helped that his son was kind of going starting in that travel ball. So he started playing and he saw how that could be beneficial. So we've been trying to figure out ways that we can create a good relationship with the area travel ball teams. And um I think the big thing is, is just to help learn from them. They're guys that get to do baseball all day and that's all they get have to do. So they're going to know a lot. So how can we take some of the things they're doing and adjust it to our condensed time period is always something we're trying to figure out. Um, and they always seem to be up on like the newest trends. So it's kind of let them go through experience. Like, how does this one work? No, not so great. Oh, we'll let, them just keep messing with them. This one worked kind of steal. So um, we've just always used it as an additional resource to try to gain as much information from as possible. That's fantastic. Well, Brad, I'm going to pivot to you because that's a good segue. Like, I mean, maybe you should explain, like, what do you do for a living and how does your new role tie into this whole thing? So what I do actually for my day job, I work at uh, Acuity Intense, but it gives me the flexibility to do a lot of lessons. So I work a lot out of uh, Milwaukee baseball Academy. Um, so again, I'm around guys that are there all day doing lessons all day. That's just like kind of their job and the thing they they do. So, I mean, 
we constantly are there all the time having discussions like after our lessons and whatnot, just talking baseball, talking about hitting, talking about pitching. Um, we're constantly bouncing ideas off each other. And I mean, it's not even that I'm learning from our other coaches and whatnot. Like I learned a lot from the young guys. I mean, everybody's kind of moves different. Like guys will learn different things here and there. So it's like, there's little bits and pieces that I think I pick from every person I work with. Um, and again, too, like it's, it's nice to be able to have that kind of extension off of our program at West. Cause then with those kids, I can kind of experiment a little more hands-on one-on-one -on -one and like see what works for kids, see what doesn't. And I can kind of go through trial and error and see what, what kind of things I want to really piece together as part of my system and program and whatnot. That's fantastic. Well, all right. So went through a little bit of your playing career where you grew up, um, into, you know, what you do for a living. Um, and now, you know, you're into this new coaching role. And one of the best parts about this show is we have two coaches and two historically strong programs, you know, where Wanakee has been a very successful program in spring baseball for a long time. And West Bend West, um, you know, came in to the spring of 2019 when the whole state came together as arguably one of the strongest programs in summer baseball history. Well, you know, 2019, we had our first like a real season together. No season in 2020. 2021 is a hybrid season. So, you know, I often joke with my seniors now, my 2022 seniors, they're the only ones that have played a traditional spring. Okay. So now you're thrown into this chair, um, taking over successful programs. So Mike, I'm going to come to you, like taking over Wanakee baseball, what does it mean to you? And like, what did your first 100 days look like? Well, I think the first hundred days, I think that already started a while ago. All the back work with boosters and just getting things organized for open gyms, all that stuff. That's a lot of fun, you know. So um, the exact reason why all of us got into coaching, I think. So, um, but no, it's um, jumping in. It's a, uh, it's a, uh, it's a different. I I was pretty involved as an assistant coach, but the level that I think just how everybody looks to you for everything. I know I, as an assistant, I was in charge of some camps here or there, or maybe I took on a couple projects, but when you're the big, the head honcho, it is amazing how many little questions everybody has for you and how many answers they want. And it's, it's good. I, I've enjoyed every minute of it, but it is definitely a different experience. Um, yeah. So. Well, I'm going to stick with you, Micah. Like what's been the, what's been the biggest shock? Like you might've just answered it, you know, previously, but like, what's been the thing that's came across your desk? You thought, wow, I didn't know that Spencer or head coaches had to do this. I don't, um, that's a really good question. I'm, I was pretty lucky that I was pretty much in Spencer's back pocket the last few years, always with them. But, um, so there hasn't been a ton of surprises, but maybe, just the amount of detail there, that he put into everything, I, I don't think I really appreciated until this year, especially him. He is so detail-oriented, and I just kind of thought, like, he just did whatever to make the, the track, the train keep going down the track. But no, that the attention to detail and how focused you have to be on everything, and it's, it was pretty intense, and that transition has been a little eye-opening for me. 
Thank you. I'll, I'll go over to Brad here. I, and we're on a Zoom call here, so no one's going to see this, but we can see each other head nodding. And as Mike is talking about that, I'm watching Brad smile and head nod because he's going through a lot of the same stuff. So, Brad, what stuff is like jumped out to you now that you're in this role? Um, yeah, put your head coach hat on and talk to us about the program and what, what's came across your desk. Honestly, I think just from speaking about a, like a shock, I guess, is just the amount of communication sometimes it takes to be able to get one thing done. I mean, it's a lot of back and forth with a lot of different people, but um, eventually things get done. It's, I think, just overall, like getting everything organized. I know kind of coming on later, I think I got hired on like mid-November. Um, I was already stressing before I even they made the announcement because I'm like thinking about all the stuff that has to get done. Um, because I mean, that season comes up quick and we're already a couple months away. Um, but I'm excited. So I think, yeah, just the amount of like detail and everything that goes into it, like Micah said, that, um, you kind of take for granted when you're not necessarily running a program. Um, cause I know like when I was coaching JV for West, I didn't have to do too much of that. I mean, dealing with some of the stuff here and there, uh, working with team parents, but a lot of the back end stuff um, is where I think it gets to be a little bit of a headache sometimes. And thankfully right now I got a handful of great like team moms helping me out. Um, so I've kind of stepped into a good spot where they're super helpful and just amazing with everything. So. Well, it's, it's mid January, you know, we're roughly actually two months to the day until pitchers and catchers can report. So Brad, like right now on your desk, like what are you working on two months prior to, to the you know start of pitchers and catchers week right now um really trying to start to kind of sit down and formulate like my first month's practice plans at least um right now with that and then making sure i'm trying to get my last few uh non-conference games set up so i'm uh kind of putting out blasts here and there i'm trying to get trying to get some games set up i know i want to grab another two maybe three um i know we got some things in the works but uh, yeah, kind of mainly those things, uh, getting our, all of our team gear stuff set up. Um, I got, I got a few projects I'm working on in that, in that sense. Beautiful. Micah, what about you? What's on your desk right now? Would you, what, what I, you know what, on, this is a Thursday. What did you do during your school work day today? That was baseball related that your colleagues have no idea about. Cause we all do it all day. Right. What do you got? it's it's so hard to like remember what I did today because every day it's just like what did I do here what did I do here I think um we're in the process of transitioning to a uh 501c3 so um we can give tax tax breaks to people who want to donate um did some with that there is some I think I was looking at trying to get some bullpen nets replaced some rail pads uh, we got to get posts driven down. So, it, I mean, there's just facilities to bank stuff to, I, I don't even know. That's not even half of it. I think I was talking to somebody about concessions today too. So anything and everything, it, like we, like Brad and I were saying it, everything comes to you and you, you, there it is. You got to answer it. It's your call. So make the right decision you think you can at the time. Yeah. And I think that's one of the best parts is, you know, we've all been assistants and obviously a lot of assistants listen to this. And when you think you're the head, you know, when you're going to be the head coach, you think, you know, I'm, I got, I'm going to be working on, 
you know, hitting drills or pitching a bullpen rotation, this, and you think it's going to be baseball, baseball, baseball. And what you realize is that baseball gets slid down the list a little bit. So what's important there is we got to have a strong assistant coaches. We have to have strong coaches at all levels. So Micah, I'll come to you. Like, what does your staff look like right now? Um, and maybe what's your relationship with these guys? Have they been on staff before? Did you go ahead and post on like a weekend? How'd you, how'd you develop your staff? I was pretty lucky with my staff. Uh, last year, Spencer brought on another assistant, a former Wanna Key player, Blake Beery. He played at Edgewood, so pitch, a pitching guy. So he was already on the staff. He agreed to come back. That was a huge help to me. My other varsity assistant has been in the youth program for a long time. He has a seventh and eighth grader, Bill Murphy. He agreed to come help out. He played some college ball. So I have some guys who have some college playing experience to kind of help me out. Um, younger guy, guy with a little bit more experience in the coaching ranks. So um, kind of a vast range and just the varsity level. And then um, JV guys were able to move up from the freshman ranks. So they have experience with the guys. I've been pretty lucky there and, Still trying to pin down that final freshman spot, but I have a couple feelers out, some positive conversations so far. So I've been pretty lucky, I feel like, with my assistants. So, Brad, what about you? Um, what's your, what's your staff look like, and then and where are you still looking for someone? So from the top down, um, I've got two former West guys. Uh, one that graduated before I came in, but I still play on the Sheboygan A's with him, um, Harry Stelt. So he's been playing with the A's for, I think, 11 years now, um, played at Stevens Point. Uh, so he's going to help me out. Another former West guy, Justin Wiedemeyer. Um, he was a senior my freshman year, um, big baseball guy. He plays a lot of softball now, but I know he played a lot of, a lot of lakes um, to a certain point. And then um, I'm in conversations with, the, with another coach. I graduated from East. Um, I think he'll be coming on as another, another assistant because I think he just started working for the high school. So um, be good to have somebody that's kind of in and around the school a little bit too. Um, JV coach, or we have uh, Eric Bold. Um, he graduated from East a year before I graduated from West. So I grew up actually playing uh, Jackson Jayhawks baseball with him. So a little travel ball. Um, ran into him randomly one day. I was having a conversation with Coach Albrecht that before he was coaching one of the basketball games and um, we started talking. And I was like, hey, would you be interested in coaching? So, I mean, he was all, all in on that. So good to have him aboard. And then um, I'm in the same position as Micah. I'm looking for yeah, that, that last JV2 coach or a freshman JV2. Um, so got that on a weekend. I have a few conversations going, but see what happens. Yeah, well, best of luck on that. I mean, you know, trying to find coaches for a, you know, 3.30 practice on a Wednesday um, you know, it, it's, it's not the easiest task to do, but, you know, I mean, as, as the season gets closer, hopefully you guys, uh, find some luck there. Um, but one thing that I've heard from both of you is you have guys on your staff that are older than you. And that, I think that sometimes can challenge a leader. So it, and maybe just as more of a leadership question in general, as you lead the program, you're the head honcho, uh, the guy in the big chair, like your communication style and how much do you bring your assistants in? So when I bring that up, Mike, what comes to mind about like filling your staff in on uh, and communicating and coaches meetings, like how do you get things going? Cause what, what you guys probably know already and you're going to find out is once middle of March hits, you go, you, you are going, going, going. So how do you front load some of that work? Uh, 
Well, we'll obviously meet as a coaching staff as many times as we can here before this season. And those are those meetings are just starting up. But as we get into the season, I'm pretty lucky that a lot of those guys that I mentioned, I'm also pretty good friends with. So it's we would be in conversation already. So I got that's probably the biggest reason I'm lucky, especially with those JV guys. One of them actually lives in my house like he's one of my he he rents a room from me. So I, I see him every day. So it, that helps out a lot. Um, but yeah, that's definitely something that I probably haven't put a ton of thought into is just that communication piece in season with those guys. But just being knowing how close I am with them and how much I've talked with Bill and Blake just out of season, I'm not too worried about it, but that'll definitely evolve as we get into it. Brad, what about you? What, uh, you know, how did you front load some of those conversations? So, you, you know, you want to get you know, some symmetry from top to bottom in your program. So how do you strategically do that? Well, the benefit, as far as my assistants go, I mean, we all played under Coach Albrecht. So we kind of know, like, that system that we all are in favor of. Um, I mean, the other thing, too, is it's nice because both those guys, really good friends with them, too. Um, Harry and I have played together a lot. So I think we just – are pretty much on the same page as far as baseball things go. Um, so it kind of helps having a second mind that's similar to mine um, help me out there. And then um, I know Eric is a first year coach with JV. So I know we're trying to get some meetings set up too, where we can just kind of sit down and talk more baseball. I know at open gyms, we already are kind of having those conversations while we're seeing, seeing what we got in the program so far. Um, but other than that, I mean, I, yeah, I'm not too worried about the cohesiveness. I think all of us have a uh, pretty similar mindset and we'll all kind of follow the same same plan. I mean, we'll all chat. That's the thing with all of them. They're all I'm the I think I'm the youngest coach so far. So. Yeah, you know, and that's the that's the burden of leadership that um, is often not talked about enough. And, you know, to add another layer onto that. You know, you're stepping into programs where there's high expectations and there's really high expectations. So, um, Mike, I'll come to you. Like when you think about the high expectations um, of Wanaki baseball, um, like what kind of emotions does that strike in you? If there's times where it's definitely intimidating to think like, I got to keep this ship going. I can't let it falter at all. Um, but the last few years, I think Spencer would say like, I was a big part of some of that. I, I helped with that success. So I, I don't look at it as like replacing. I just kind of like, Hey, let's just keep it going. We, we have great players still just let them do, let them shine. I think is kind of the goal. Don't try to do too much. And I think everything should work out how it, how it should. And Brad, what about you? You know, alumni on staff, you know, the, the all Brecht way, the, the all guys played for him. Like, you know, talk about the, 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 the role you're in now and, and maybe some of that weight that you're carrying. Yeah. If I, if I said it wasn't stressful, um, I'd be lying. Uh, I mean, I still talk to coach Albrecht, uh, here and there. And I mean, I, he's definitely a, still going to be a mentor for me. Um, I know he's busy with basketball right now, but I'm definitely going to be shoot him texts and get him calls here and there. Um, but I think it helps me a little bit knowing that I have two other guys by my side that, again, know, know the West, the West way. 
Um, really, I, I think again, just allowing us, allowing the guys to play and, um, not trying to reinvent the wheel is going to be our, our key. And that's how, it, that's how it's always been. I and mean, we don't try to do anything too crazy. Just play the game the right way. Love that. Well, you know, here's, I'll give you a cliche, right? You jump on Twitter, everybody hires a new football coach or a new basketball coach. And they say, we're going to come in and change the culture, right? We're going to come in and change the culture. Everybody says it. Now, the, the thing about your situations is you feel like the culture's in a great spot. You know, oftentimes that phrase is said and it's meant as disrespect that there needs to be significant changes made. Well, you guys are walking into different situations. You know, you have a great familiarity, success on the field, and you have a tremendous amount of respect for the guys before you. But you will make some changes. There will be some changes that you make. So, Mike, I'll come to you. Like, what changes have you made already or what's kind of what's other other things coming down the pipe? Um, I think one thing that there's a couple of things that I'm trying to like instill. And I think one thing is being stronger. We need to be stronger, faster. Um, so more, there's a few more weight rooms just so they guys have more opportunities. And that's a big thing for me is give guys opportunities. Uh, every time I see guys they are like, sorry, I couldn't make it. I'm like, we are doing a lot already. Like you just, you don't need to be at every lifting thing. Like just, you have opportunities. Um, the other thing, I would like to try to cement like a permanent VR for our, our program. We do a really good job of keeping a lot of guys, but then when we only have three teams, we have a lot of guys on every team and that doesn't always work well in practices or playing time. So one thing I'm hoping to get and keep going is a, just a VR team. So having four teams at our high school, hopefully, we're, we're, we're going to give it a go and see how it works out this year. So that's great. Um, and I, I do want to touch on tryouts and, and team selections a little bit later, but before we do that, Brad, what about you? Um, changes, you know, that you're making, obviously, um, you know, spring is a, is the obvious change. You got a brand new facility. Maybe you want to touch on that too, but and you're in a unique situation in West Bend. So what changes are you implementing right now? And then looking ahead to the season in March. Yeah, so with the new field, um, I don't know. There's not lights up there yet, and I don't know if they will be up that spring. Um, so our game times are obviously earlier, um, a little earlier than we're used to. But I think the biggest thing is going to be kind of streamline, streamlining our, our pregame and everything there um, with the challenge of getting guys from school over the field and having enough time to be able to do stuff. Um, same with for road games. We're going to have to figure that out. That's going to be a whole new process for me because I'm used to having as much time as we needed for BP, hop on the bus, just do our thing and have our routine. Um, I think the other thing is, yeah, just like uh, Micah said, um, our school, we now have a pretty good strength coach there. Um, he's going through clinicals right now, so I know he's kind of in and out, but uh, that was something we didn't have when I was there. Um, we just kind of had our some coaches in there helping us out or telling us what to do. So a little bit different dynamic there, which is going to be healthy, I think, for the long run. Um, and then I think just kind of incorporating a, a lot of new drill work that um, we necessarily didn't do. Some stuff that I feel will help. But again, it's not going to be about reinvent, reinventing the wheel. It's just doing stuff to kind of help reinforce the fundamentals. 
Well, one thing I can I can imagine about you know the schools you're in because I'm in a similar size is you're gonna have big numbers for tryouts. I mean, you're gonna have large numbers carrying three levels. I know Mike had talked about a VR, you know, a varsity reserve, and what's the right number to keep, and how do you manage that delicate dance? But as you look ahead to tryout week, um, and at least in Menominee Falls, I'm sure for a lot of school districts, it falls on spring break this year, so that. That, that uh, makes things interesting. But as you look at your tryout structure, uh, Mike, I'll come to you. Like, how does that look? Do you guys try to do um, all levels together? Do you split it up? Like, what is your process for tryouts? Uh, right now, I'm not entirely sure what our time is going to look like. I'm the only teacher right now on staff. So our ability to, like, use the daytime during spring break, like, we're the same as you, Tim, with the spring break. Um, so using our days is going to be a little challenging, but um, I'm hoping to get a little time varsity only early in the morning and then maybe more of a program full at night. So varsity candidates have a couple two a days that first week just to kind of get their feet under them, kind of use the first one for more like numbers since we do have tryouts to get some numbers to support some of the things we see on the field as well. Um, so a lot of lot of questions up in the air just because of time the other thing we do have at our disposal which is really nice or we we get to use is the grb facility we have some time over there that we can kind of use so i have a really great facility here but we also have 12 minutes away a nice indoor baseball facility as well because we all know how wisconsin springs can be and if we're stuck inside having indoor turf can be pretty nice especially that first week so pretty lucky well, and Mike, I'll come back to you on this. Like, how many days of tryouts do you guys typically have? Does that change in a spring break week when you got kids that, you know, hey, Mom, we're going to Florida? You know, I mean, like, so what is the tryouts? You know, how many days do you think in? What's that first week look like for you guys? Uh, the first week, I'm thinking three days for tryouts right now. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday should be enough to get a good look. Those kids, I do have some kids taking some trips. So I'm thinking them, we're going to have to do that following week. I know there, we have a game scheduled against Sun Prairie of all teams right away. So that, I mean, you know, mixing in some kids coming back, getting them tryouts, having a game against defending state champs, you know, like that's not too much to ask for the first year head coach, right? Um, so just trying to balance all those, just give everybody a fair shot. I think that's the big thing as an educator that, I kind of believe in is making sure everybody gets an opportunity that's fair what the numbers work out and how many are on varsity versus jv vr how that all is going to work out that's kind of going to be a work in progress as we go through and kind of making making those determinations as we get there but um i have some things in the back of my mind and we'll hopefully those are kind of how it falls we'll see though yeah um, Brad, what about you? Tryouts this, this year, um, looking ahead, are you guys also spring break? And then how does that, you know, how does that whole dance work up in West Bend? Fortunately, we're the week before our spring break. Um, so we'll have a nice weekend. I already had a couple parents, um, reaching out about if we're planning on holding practices over that spring break. And my answer obviously was, of course, because we got games right in the following week. It's like, guys are gone that whole week that's a lot of time lost like um so but yeah so I think I think we're gonna kind of go with more of that three-day structure I would love to get a day to kind of almost do an inner squad and just kind of let some of the younger guys come up and um 
anybody who's shown themselves the first day or two and show what they got like at a little bit faster pace um to get more of a real live like in-game look um at some of these guys uh that's the other benefit to it just with the open gyms i mean we're kind of being able to kind of get a, a grasp on what guys are looking like already um and see just you know it just helps kind of see overall as a program where where you think people are going to kind of fall um but yeah uh, i think the i think our three-day trial plan will kind of be sufficient enough and then if we have a couple of bubble kids i mean they can be bouncing back and forth um that's the benefit with with us i mean we have enough fields where guys can be on on separate fields but i'm assuming we'll be inside so uh, we'll have to figure that whole thing out well and this is a conversation i have a lot with a lot of coaches so i want to get your take on this from both of you but you know tryouts some guys will run it like a showcase you know get your metrics and you know that kind of that showcase model some will run it like a practice and just kind of see how guys fit in, you know, the drill killers, and you start weeding them out from there. And then the other model is kind of the inner squad model. And obviously without a full field or, you know, whatever that may look like. So, uh, Michael, like looking ahead, do you think a mix of both? Kind of what I gathered is you're thinking that morning might be more of a showcase, get some numbers from 60 times, some velo, and then at night a different model. Um, as, as you kind of predict the next two months, what does that look like for you guys? I was kind of thinking a little bit of all three, actually, in those three days. Yeah, use that morning to just kind of get guys up, get those numbers, That and then in the afternoon or evening, more drills. I would love to have some inner squad stuff if we're able to, even if it's just on the in the small indoor area, we could, could do some stuff. But as many different ways that we can look at it, guys, and that just tells you what you can, what they, how they can adapt to different situations. I think that's really important, too, like, don't want that guy who's just good at drills. So you got to, I mean, we need to be able to carry over to the ball field. So trying to get them to do as many different things as possible those three days and just see how they handle and how they even accept coaching from all of us. So it's really important to me. Yeah. I think the other piece of that too, and Scott Stoudy was on here, head coach at Burlington um, you know, last, uh, last year on the show and he, they call it heck week, you know, they call it something else with, but, you know, they, they run two-a-days, and one of the reasons that they do it down in Burlington is to see who really wants to be there. You know, obviously they do it, you know, if it's during school, typical school day. If they have 6 a.m., 6 a.m., you know, baseball, uh, first day of tryouts, and then they have 4 o'clock after school, they're going to find out who really wants to be a part of this. Uh, but anyways, uh, Brad, what about you? What did you think about format, um, you know, of those different models? You know, what do you predict you're going to run with? Yeah, I think uh... – more or less will be more just a practice. Um, obviously, just raise the intensity, um, run our daily drills that we're going to probably be doing pretty close to every day and just see who can hang, um, see who can raise the bar a little bit. And that's kind of where, too, if you get – if I'm pulling up some of the younger guys that um, are looking looking good, I mean, if they, if they can come up, whether they're going to uh, really succeed at that level, some guys are going to – get tight and obviously kind of panic a little bit. So uh, we'll see who can kind of step up um, through the ranks there. Uh, but yeah, like I said, I think the first day or two, I mean, we may get a little bit of a scrimmage the second day, but I think uh, ideally third day, we'd kind of get a little short inner squad deal going. Um, yeah, I think I can get a pretty good look at our guys doing our, our drill work. Beautiful. Well, eventually teams will be made. You'll have your teams, you know, you'll go from there. Um, 
Are there things that you guys will do in season? Um, maybe that were left over from the previous coaches. Are there certain like team building events or special uh, fundraising nights or team trips that you guys have on your calendar that, you know, your guys are gonna be really excited for that are just unique maybe to your program. Uh, Mike, has anything come to mind when I bring that up? Uh, right now we're trying to get a game at Miller park, actually trying to go through all the little web of that whole thing. Um, so that, that would be early in the season. I, that would be a lot of fun. We have, we always do a youth night. Um, I want to do a night where I honor Spencer and some of the old coaches. He, so there's always some of those things. Well, uh, I was talking to a couple of the older guys the other day about what they want to do for some team building. So they actually asked if we could find ways to incorporate it into some open gyms just to kind of keep that experience light and fun. So pretty much anything guys come to me with and we can find time for it. I'm willing to do so. So we all know that that team chemistry becomes pretty important as you get into that grind of middle of May and you're just baseball, baseball, baseball. You got to like who you're with a little bit. So the more we can bond, the better. Absolutely. Brad, what about you? Um, anything coming up, um, you know, in season that you guys have worked in um, to, to work on the culture? Um, not too much really this year that I know, um, I know I really didn't have too much time, co uh, chatting with, uh, D'Amico at all, um, since he left and then, um, but I don't know, pretty much I I'm, I'm planning on trying to get like a leadership council going. Um, I know our track coach, um, for the girls track, he, uh, he does a really good job with some of that. So, I mean, I'll probably bounce some ideas off him. Um, I was part of our Spartan leadership committee for football back when I was in high school. Um, so, I mean, we kind of would do little, little meetings and talk about a topic or if we had like a reading or something that we had to do and, um, you know, just start the conversation on like what makes a leader. I mean, um, how, how we can all improve on being, being leaders. Um, if I can get that going. And then also one of my for former teachers and uh, coaches at Stout, um, she coached women's basketball. Um, she actually does uh, some of that kind of like performance, mental performance training or uh, coaching type stuff. So it'd be, it'd be cool. I've already started a conversation with her to try to get, get her in and work with us a little bit um, here and there. So um, I think if we can get kind of just more leaders not necessarily captains, but people that are going to be leaders in our program. I mean, it'll just be contagious throughout. Yeah. I appreciate that. Um, you know, as we try to give these kids a great experience, uh, one experience you're going to have, I can guarantee you this. And Mike, even if you beat Sun Prairie opening game, you're going to have this experience is you're now the head guy. So someone's going to disagree with everything you do, no matter what decision you make, someone's going to have a problem with it. And it's, this is from one coach to another and every coach that's listening, like it, it's not fun. You know, everybody wants to be liked, I think, to some extent. But um, when we get into baseball specific, I want to transition to some baseball stuff. Is there something baseball wise that you believe in a philosophy, whatever it may be, where others would disagree with you on? Just kind of want to see how you how your mind works a little bit. Micah, what about if I go to you? Like, is there something that you teach or you believe in baseball wise or leadership wise that others you might be in the minority on? Uh, I might give a little bit more green light for running and some might not bunt quite as much as some others would maybe do. Um, or 
I, I guess I've kind of transitioned that our bunt is more like we want to be getting on base too. We don't, it's not a, we don't ever want it to necessarily be a true sacrifice. I mean, those are times for that true sacrifice. Yes. But I want it to be thinking like, let's still find out, let's still get that down with the intent to get on base. And then when we're on base, if we think we can get a jump and we can make it, I want us to be really aggressive. Um, force the issue upon other teams is kind of what I want. Impose our will if and all possible. Now, do I, I also understand that that's not always going to be able to be done and you got to play, you got to, to win a lot of games, you have to do it in a variety of ways. But if I were to have my way, it'd be like, Hey, let's swing away. Let's run those bases hard. Let's get after it. Let's take extra bases. Um, kind of throw caution into the wind and get after it. Now, where does that philosophy come from? Is that kind of how you are as a player? Is that, is that kind of, or is that just how you've seen the game evolve over time? Like where does that philosophy come from? I think it's a couple of things. That's how I do like to play. Um, I like to get after it, um, give up, give everything you have. So if you think you can make it, you better be going. Um, but I also kind of see the game shifting that way. And I also kind of, that's kind of how kids are seeing it too. I don't see kids as when I was in high school, I was a huge bunter. I love bunting. I was great at it. So I think there, it, it's very important but finding that balance and utilizing it. Um, and I think it's kind of evolved more from that sack to be more aggressive. And I think kids, the players I have have responded to that in the past. Granted it was JV and that wasn't always the thing we we're working on the most, but now I hope to transition with that a little bit more and be a little bit more aggressive than some people might like. Okay. Appreciate that. Brad, what about you? Uh, as I, as I asked that question here, Micah, answer it. Uh, what comes to mind uh, where you might be in the minority on in the baseball world? I think uh, <clears throat> just rely, like not relying on our small ball, but really being an advocate of our, our, our small ball. Um, I know that was always kind of a, our, our thing um, at West. We were always kind of a small ball school. And I mean, it always worked for us. I know, I feel like the game is transitioning away from that. Um, everyone talks about like the analytics and like, Oh, you have a higher chance of driving in runs. If you're not bunting and it's like, we still got to be able to manufacture runs. We're still in high school. Like we don't all have the, the big boppers that are going to drive in a ton of runs. So um, I think just being able to, yeah, like Micah said, be aggressive on the base, base pads, but um, I think we're going to be effective with our, with our small game. Um, definitely gonna be something that we work on every day uh so i mean whether that's the way other people do it or not like i mean that's that's the way we're gonna go ahead and do it so we can uh, always have that in the back pocket it's a good tool to have i think it's kind of getting um i think one one thing we always forget is that people always mention analytics that's for major leaguers. That is a whole nother game. Like we got to remember we're playing ball in Wisconsin in April. You put the ball on the ground. There's a chance you might be on second base because that ball just takes a weird bounce. So um, when people always are like, well, that's not what it says. Well, I agree with Brad. You can win a lot of games with some small balls. So definitely with you there, Brad. Yeah. I mean, I can't count how many times I've seen, Teams that I'm just gonna watch and um, leave guys on third with less than two outs. It's like you got a kid that's not necessarily gonna be someone that's gonna drive in a ton of runs. It's like 
if he knows how to bunt, drop one down. If kick can get in easy. I mean, people used to know what's coming for us and still hard to stop. That's awesome. I, I just love it because, you know, it, thousand ways to skin a cat baseball is a fantastic game played at so many different levels like you said the climate the age all that plays a factor and then you know getting your kids to buy into that you know getting your kids to buy into that, that that's huge um my my last question for you guys is this and yeah time has flown look at that is um you both you talked about continuous learning and kind of how that's that's a big emphasis yours mike i'll start with you um like how do you get your your professional development like what do you you know, what do you, um, where do you get, are you a podcaster, are you a book reader, are you a lot of mentors, like where do you get your professional development from? Well, I think the big one, the big Spencer, I, I mean, I can't mention how much I've learned just from Spencer alone. So I got to get, give him another shout out. Uh, I just was streaming the ABCA clinic this last weekend, be at the WBCA clinic. So as many of those clinics we can get to as a coaching staff is always great. So guys, then you can immediately just start bouncing ideas off of each other and how it can work for your program. Uh, a lot of Twitter, you know, the, the new social media, some TikTok in there. There's a lot of little drills and stuff in there that it's like, it, it's great to see. And it's some of it's been around for years, but just how the little tweaks and how people emphasize little parts of different drills is really cool. So a lot of that stuff, you know, some reading, I'll, I'll dabble into anything, but I think the big ones are those clinics and then social media. So. Well, Micah, is there, is there something you're working on right now? Is there a, is there a part of the game you're trying to get better at or something that you've, you know, recently learned that's made you maybe change how you think about that position group or, or teaching that technique? Uh, I think the big area for me and kind of changing my thought process has been the base running and how do, how can we better implement delayed steals and what are we going to look like, look for, look for out of pitchers to be able to take advantage of them or catchers or middle infield, you know, like how can we really dissect that running game? I think has really been my focus so far this year. Um, other than that, I, I can, a few years ago when Spencer gave me the job of taking on the outfielders, just how much I was just trying to take in everything and just trying to, trying to tweak that. So if I can do half as good of a job as I feel like I've done with outfielders on base running, I feel like we'll be, have a fighting chance at least. Appreciate that. Brad, what about you? Like, how do you, how do you get your professional development? Where do you, you know, where do you get your learning from your continuous improvement? Well, as of this last weekend, I uh, saw you down at the ABCA. So um, that was that was a great opportunity just to kind of hear other coaches. Um, obviously, everybody, like you said, it's a thousand ways to skin a cat. Um, everybody has their own kind of thought process when they're doing things. So, I mean, there's a lot of bits and pieces I pulled from all the coaches that spoke there. Um, do I think I'll do everything they did? Absolutely not. Um, I think between that and then just working with other coaches. I have a few kind of mentors. Um, my pitching coach from Stout is a, is a national pitching um, association guy. So, I mean, working with him a lot kind of has helped me um, grow as a, as a pitching coach, not necessarily just as a pitcher. Um, and then I just kind of being around the game, playing the game, still playing 75-ish games with the A's in the summer, with Sheboygan A's in the summer. So, I mean, it's like I'm around enough guys where I feel like, again, I'm learning every single day I'm on the field. 
is there something that you've learned recently, um, either through clinics or from playing or having these different conversations that you've maybe rethought how you teach something or you, you've switched up on a bit? Yeah, I think um, I wouldn't say my approach to hitting has changed. I think it's just the way I am talking about hitting and just kind of like reworking my coaching cues in that sense. And like the way I'm explaining like the thought process and um, in approach and then just kind of like how we're, how we're advancing our swing. Um, I know I've always been like an opposite field guy, stay, stay on the plate, um, drive it the other way. I mean, then too, if you're early, I mean, you're still, you're still making contact. You were giving yourself a higher, higher chance of contact there. Um, as far as like, I think the big thing is just catchers, being able to develop a catcher. Um, kid I played with, he's playing at Milwaukee. So when he does lessons at NBA, I, I sit there and I kind of have an open ear while, while he's coaching. So pulling bits and pieces from him too. Oh, beautiful. Well, my last question for you then is, is this uh, mentors and, and Mike, I think I know how you're going to answer this, but I'm not going to let you say Spencer. Okay. I'm gonna let you say someone else. Um, like who, you know, when, when you get in a, in a tough spot here um, you need an answer, like who are you going to in the community um, who you're reaching out to that um, you know, is, is in that mentorship role for you. Uh, since you took away my obvious answer, yeah, Spencer, I think, I was pretty lucky with my varsity assistant hire this year and Bill Murphy. He's a guy that I always bounced ideas off, always have great conversations with him about baseball. So to have that guy on the staff, that immediate person that I can go to is really great. I mean, I still talk to a lot of my high school buddies who play ball if I need to go to them. I mean, I, the guys I play with, there's, there's a lot of options just when you're always around a ball field, somebody always wants to pick your ear or you, you have their ear picked a little bit. So um, it's great when you're, you're playing or you are able to snag anybody you can to help you out a little bit. Beautiful. Brad, what about you? I'm going to take Billy Albrecht off the, off the table here. Who else you go into, um, you know, who's in that baseball inner circle of yours that you're working with um, for whatever it may be. Oh man, I feel like I've got a good handful. Um, I've definitely reached out to my college coaches, uh, Coach Ben Kincaid and Coach Bayrider up at up at Stout, um, Coach Christensen up there. Uh, so they're always good resources for me. Um, Brad Burns, um, I mean, he, I've known him for a long time because he was one of our coaches when we started our like youth hoops club. So I've been around him a long long time for baseball. Um, so I mean kind of all those guys, obviously coach Oliver is going to be my, my go-to, but um, like I said, I feel like I've got a pretty good circle of different mindsets and um, tool sets to, to rely on where I can kind of help make my, help myself grow. Well, fantastic guys. Well, uh, just really happy for both of you. Um, you know, I think you, again, you guys are in fantastic positions and, and fantastic communities um, and this baseball community is really strong and a lot of coaches that are going to listen to this are always a call or a text away or, you know, whatever else it may be. So congratulations again and um, good luck this spring. And uh, we'll see you guys up in Madison at the WBCA. And there it is. Huge thank you goes out to Brad and Micah for taking time to sit down with us today. Um, you know, wish them the best of luck as they get going on this journey. Hopefully it's a long one. Um, two guys that, that are, are very, very qualified 
and we wish him nothing but the best. And also, you know, encourage other coaches to reach out, whatever that may be. You know, I know we all have a, a list of mentors or people we turn to. Um, probably can easily go back to that first parent meeting, that first uh, day of tryouts. When you think one thing's going to go a certain way, but it doesn't. And the lessons learned, but you got to go through it, right? You, you got to experience it. You got to learn from it. So that's one thing that makes baseball coaches unique, and especially in our state, is they're so willing to help and they want to share. And you know, we're, we're all the same guy dealing with a lot of the same issues, regardless of what school you're at or what level. So um, really excited for them to get started, you know, in, in their seasons, and again, wish them the best of luck. So uh, today is this is our last episode. Okay, this is the end of a of an off season journey. That's going to continue every year. Um, I, I've absolutely loved doing this. I've got a chance to talk with some phenomenal coaches and meet some, some incredible people because of it. Um, and, you know, now we get started in our seasons, and it's going to fly. Seasons are going to fly by quickly. And March is going to turn into April and May and, and playoffs. And all of a sudden, it's, it's going to be you know, the end of the school year. And it, it happens just so fast. So, yeah, thank you to those listeners, to all of you who have tuned in, people who have reached out. Hope you get a tremendous amount of value from these. Um, I know I like going back and listening to these coaches, and I always pick up more and more information. So until next time, which will be after the baseball season at some point, um, I appreciate you one more time. Feel free to share and subscribe, and have a great rest of your day, and good luck this season.